Let's face it, AI has gotten a pretty bad rap in the media and pop culture. Just think of Terminator, Blade Runner, or Ex Machina. But I think it's time that we give AI a fair shake. Welcome to Practical AI, the capacity for good, where we speak with some of the brightest minds in the industry about the exciting intersection of AI automation, customer support, and customer experience, and how we can use the latest and greatest technology to help teams do their best work. Hi there, and welcome to Practical AI, the capacity for good. My name's James Deal. Joining me today is Lincoln Murphy, one of the earliest evangelists for customer success and the founder and managing director of 16 Ventures, a consulting firm that works with SaaS companies to help them acquire, retain, and monetize users. He's also a co-founder of Impact Academy, a customer success manager program offering hands-on training programs. Lincoln brings forward 15 years of experience in this field. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. That was a great intro. Did ChatGPT write that for you? I'm just going to have to keep that one uh, under wraps. Okay. (laughs) That's really good. Well, so I'd love to just start with you sharing a little bit about yourself and maybe kind of like what gets you up out of bed in the morning right now? Sure. So, you know, a lot of coffee at this point, but no, the thing I get really excited about, so I'm all about engaging other humans in a business setting. You know, it's kind of like, that's a weird way to say it. I like to work in getting prospects to take actions that they need to take to become our customers. I like to ensure that our customers are doing what they need to do to get started as our customers, to become better customers, to spread the good word about us. And I like to ensure that our partners are doing the things that they need to do. And you know, at the core of that is, at least right now, they're all humans. Might work with really big companies, but they're made up of humans. And so what gets me excited, what I always try to learn more about is how humans operate, why they do what they do, what motivates them, and then how we can use that, the things that they need to do to be successful. And if it's in the context of a business relationship, you know that means usually becoming our customer and doing whatever they need to do in that capacity to reach their goals. So you obviously have been in the field for a while in the customer success, customer experience field. What was your first role in that field? What got you into it and thinking about this? Wow. So I was actually involved in way back, long time ago, in supply chain management. And I was specifically involved in what we called trading partner management or you know, working basically with the people with whom we did business, working with their teams to ensure that whatever the transactions we were processing and shipments and all that were all happening. So trading partner management was a thing. And I liked the network effect of sort of everybody being all these different companies all sort of working together, you know, through these electronic means, but also of course having these relationships with the other humans of the transaction. And when I got out of that, I discovered SaaS. And so this was like early days of SaaS. You know, I honestly not even sure that we were calling it SaaS yet, but essentially what I I kind of latched onto that and I thought this is really cool. So it's like network effect you know, web-based software, there's a lot of interesting things that we can do there. And I kind of wasn't sure where to go in that space. And so I started doing this kind of strategy work around implementing and sort of taking advantage of that network effect. The fact that all of your users were basically logging into the same system, like it seemed like we could get a lot of really great intel from that to help them you know, a lot of insights and we could really help people do what they need to do. We could engage at scale. Again, I don't know that we were referring to it that way, but we could really get a lot of people who were using our product to do more of what they needed to do in order to be successful. And I moved into kind of a growth 
area. I think eventually at some point I called myself a growth hacker, but I was very interested in growth from within the customer base. So a lot of people were focused on acquiring net new customers, right? I mean, which is great. That's fine. That's totally required. But how cool would it be if we could get our existing customers to buy more from us? And I quickly came to the realization that customers will not buy more from you if they're not getting value from you in the first place. Absolutely. Right. I kind of started spending a lot of time in that part of the business, trying to figure out how to make that happen. And around that same time, so this is probably 2011, I started seeing this term out there called customer success, almost sort of lowercase customer success. It wasn't like a well-defined thing. There certainly wasn't a big movement around it. And I said, that's it. That's what I've been searching for in terms of like how to very succinctly describe it. If a customer is successful, then they will stay longer, they will buy more, and they will advocate for us. That's everything we want. And so I just, I latched onto that term and sort of became a huge advocate for it and evangelist for it. And, you know, I think I had a pretty big part, at least in the early days of, of sort of popularizing that, the concept, you know, a lot of the, uh, it's hard for me to, to say this stuff without, I mean, I'm not trying to, not trying to brag uh, or anything. It's hard for me to talk about like my contributions to it, but I, I think a lot of the modern customer success stuff is out there today is really based on my work. And I'm very proud of that. And that's really cool. It's very cool. If you don't understand what customer success means or what it is within a SaaS business, you're missing a big chunk of what you should be doing. And so it's evolved quite a bit, obviously, since you first were on the forefront of it. How would you say it's changed from then till now? Does it look different? And if so, like what are the key areas in which it's changed or evolved? So there's a lot of carryover from different parts of the business. And probably one of the areas that kind of a lot of the concepts of customer success, when we're trying to figure out how to operationalize it, a lot of the concepts were brought over from sort of traditional account management. And maybe you could just actually take a second and kind of describe that when we were talking about customer success, how would you define customer success real quick? So customer success is when our customers achieve their desired outcome through their relationship with us, that leads to them staying longer buying more and advocating for us. And there's a very key thing in there we need to further just talk about, which is desired outcome. So we need to define that. So desired outcome is the customer's goal plus their appropriate experience. And this is really key because if you just solve for the customer's goal, like if we said customer success is just when our customers achieve their goal, the result they are looking for through their relationship with us, it's interesting that that's not enough. That's actually not enough to keep them around. We also have to solve for their appropriate experience. And I say appropriate experience because that means that different customers are going to have an experience that is appropriate to them, right? So we don't have a one-size-fits-all customer and we can't have a one-size-fits-all or one, you know, there's not just one type of customer. We can't have a one-size-fits-all approach to them. And so even in the early days where account management was sort of like, you know, just sort of checking in with customers, you know, making sure that there weren't any major issues that and that they were going to renew. And that was kind of it. As we move forward, we started realizing that well, you actually need to ensure that the customers are doing things to be successful. So we need to make sure that we understand what their goal is. And a goal, by the way, is an objective and a time frame. And I sometimes have to define that for people because you really need both of those things. If you don't have the time frame aspect, a goal is sort of just a wish. There's no time scarcity or no sense of urgency. So we realized that in order to make the customer successful, in order to help them actually achieve their goals, we need to 
engage them across the different stages of the life cycle. So we really need to operationalize a process that gets them, you know, when they sign up to be our customer through onboarding, right? We need to actually get them up and running. And then we need to get them into through adoption. We need to actually get them to adopt our product. And there's a couple of ways there, like the breadth adoption, which is just sort of getting everybody in the system and then depth adoption, which is getting the different types of users to really consume our product in a way that matches their use case or their goals. And then just the rest of the life cycle that they have with us, which we call just sort of ongoing engagement, where the customers are going to continually have new and evolving goals. And we just need to make sure that they're doing what's necessary to achieve those. Well, you know, when you start looking at it that way, it's like, gosh, again, not all of our customers are the same. And what it's going to take to get them to do that is going to be different. So different customers are going to need different levels of engagement to work them through those processes. And so that's really where appropriate experience started to come in. It's like, okay, We have different customers that are going to need different levels of engagement. And the way that we talk about that is there's sort of synchronous engagement, which is like one-on-one meetings. And there's asynchronous engagement, which is pretty much anything else. And the appropriate experience for customers is going to be some ratio sync to async. So some customers are, you know, it's going to be more heavily weighted to one-on-one meetings. And some customers are going to be more heavily weighted towards just async, like Loom videos or even self-service things. And once we started to understand that, we realized, okay, you need to actually segment your customers differently. So in the early days of customer success, we would segment customers based on what they paid, which is very much an account management way of looking at it. If a customer pays us a lot, then they get a lot, right? And so if they pay us very little, then they get very little from us. And and it's sort of, you get what you deserve kind of thing. Well, that actually ends up not being a super great way to engage customers because it turns out some customers that pay us a lot would rather that we leave them alone because they have the experience and the expertise, right? They're big customer, big company. They don't really need us. And the customers that don't pay us very much really need a lot more help. And you know, this whole idea of just segmenting customers based on what they pay is just not really that effective. And so where things are today, to answer your question from like, an hour ago, you know, how do things look different today? Well, at the very least, we're looking at customers and sort of grouping them together based on shared appropriate experience. And so we're able to create a coverage model for the different customer segments based on what they actually need from us. And therefore, we're able to give the appropriate, you know, not coverage model standpoint, which is really just the mobilization of our resources. We're able to give, put the right people in the right places. So customers that have an appropriate experience where they would need more synchronous engagement, uh, we can put people in there that are great in a synchronous role. And for customers who have a shared appropriate experience that's more like you know very async, self-service, maybe we just kind of have a pool of resources of CSM there to customer success managers who are there to back them up if they need any help. We can put people who are better in that role in with that segment that's based on that appropriate experience. And so this allows us to design organizations around what the customer actually needs and really deliver exactly what the customer needs when they need it and in the way that they need it so that they're not only achieving their goal, but we're really guaranteeing that every customer is going to achieve their appropriate experience as well, which is what leads them to sticking around longer and increasing their spend and and spreading the good word. Because again, if you just solve for their goal, it's very easy for them to leave and go find another company that will also solve for their goal, but deliver an experience that's appropriate to them. Yeah. So it sounds like a customer success has become much more sophisticated over the last 15 years. 
You've been talking recently, I suppose, a lot more about AI and specifically ChatGPT as it relates to and supports the customer success area field. What have you been seeing, or maybe you can provide an overview of kind of the state of AI tools within customer success? What are you seeing out there? What is impacting customer success? How is it helping AI, open AI, chat GPT type large language model solutions, helping customer success be even better and achieve those two things of meeting goals and creating that experience that makes them sticky? So, you know, chat GPT has been out according to this, what, about maybe five months at this point, something like that. Interestingly, still very new. You know, it feels like I can't imagine a time without it. Yeah. So, look, customer success managers—they have to do a lot of stuff. A lot of it is just simply engaging with customers. That's across different channels. Email. They're constantly sending emails. They're constantly having meetings. Now, you know, again, depending upon the appropriate experience of the customer, you know, they're creating Loom videos. Just basically, they're sending videos to their customers rather than having meetings, right? They're just communicating through all sorts of different asynchronous channels. They're creating content, not necessarily writing like marketing blog posts, but they're creating knowledge base articles. You know, I always say, don't answer the same question twice privately. If you get the same question again, post it somewhere so you can point your customers to it. So there's a lot of these things that CSMs have always been doing, or at least have always know they needed to do or tried to do. But gosh, you know, at some point, something's got to give. And when you have back-to-back meetings, it's really hard to do all of those things that you're required to do. And one of the things that CSMs should be doing is preparing for meetings, right? Seems pretty obvious. Now, there's stuff that- It's a big part of their job. Exactly, right? Except it's easier said than done. And a lot of times CSMs will go into meetings unprepared. And of course, it shows. And the results are not that great. And it's not the CSM's fault in that like they didn't know that they needed to do it. It's just from a time standpoint. So where I see ChatGPT specifically, because really that's at this point- as a standalone like AI product, that's kind of the one that's out there. There are other products that integrate GPT through, you know, into their product. We can talk about that in a second. But essentially, there's four areas that AI is helping customer success right now, customer success managers specifically right now: research, brainstorming, customer engagement, and content creation. So content creation, if you follow anybody talking about ChatGPT, like content creation is the main thing, right? Most of it's marketing, some of it's sales, very little of it is pretty much anything else, but it's content creation. And again, that is something that CSMs do, but that's certainly not the majority of their work. And where we're seeing that is just CSM being able to take a very quick answer to a question, to put the question and have ChatGPT kind of spit out something that's more human readable and more useful in a knowledge base article. So content creation, again, not a huge part of it, but there some CSMs are doing more of that than others. And so definitely helps there. And that's something that's talked about a lot, pretty standard stuff at this point. This is interesting because a lot of times CSMs are working off templates that have been created by either customer success operations or enablement teams, or they're just templates that have been shared throughout the CS team. And some of those are good and some of them aren't. And so CSMs will will need to actually write or heavily modify emails in the moment. And what we find is just when you're getting pulled in lots of different directions and you don't have a lot of time and the, the just the overhead of doing all this kind of takes, it's hard to be creative and it's hard to like have the cycles to spend on writing really coherent emails. And so what we find is I've come up with some really, if I do say so myself, some really good prompts for generating emails that we use. And it allows you to kind of take this freeform idea. And literally what we do is I'll say record or dictate into notes on your phone or dictate, just 
talk into your computer, just you know, use the the talk to type function and kind of freeform take that, you know, say exactly what you need, but because you know what the result is you need from this email, you know what information you need, but you don't have to sit there and craft it. Take that, put it into ChatGPT, and it's going to spit out an email that maybe isn't perfect. This is, I think, really important, at least from my perspective. ChatGPT, these AI tools, they move the start line closer to the finish line. So, like where we're going to start refining from or where we're going to start, you know, sort of, you know, testing or iterating from, but it doesn't connect the start line and the finish line. In other words, you can't take, you shouldn't take the content that it generates, even with really good prompts and really good refinement prompts that, you know, shape it. You probably shouldn't take it and just copy and paste it and go. You should take a, a couple of cycles to go through it and make sure that it's good, but it gets you so much closer. Yeah. It's always easier to edit than it is to create. So if I can take kind of a, just a word blob, you know, that, that just comes from my brain, put it into a prompt in ChatGPT and, and get out an email that's pretty close to where I need it to be. Then I can take my limited cycles and just edit it, make sure it fits the voice and tone and everything that I wanted. And then I can send it. That's the kind of stuff that frees up. It kind of helps you deal with a lot of that, just that overhead that's kind of making everything hard to, to spend the time that we need on these things kind of frees that up a little bit and and allows you to have more, just be able to do more of your work better. So I think, you know, content creation, email engagement, like that's great. But two of the areas that I think are really interesting and like where I think nobody really talks about this, not because I'm, I came up with something special here, but like, this is just not something you see a lot of people talking about. And that's the research and the brainstorming aspect. So I said earlier, like we need to prepare for meetings where CSMs prepare for meetings. It's generally just kind of pulling whatever the structured context we have on our customers from the CRM or from our customer success management tool. And that's good. That's obviously better than nothing. But we've always said is you should, you should spend some time brainstorming before you go into a meeting. Think about questions your customer may have. If you have multiple stakeholders on the call, think about the questions that they might have, the concerns they might have, objections they might have. Objections are something that, again, is rarely talked about outside of sales, but an objection is just really anytime a customer says, I don't want to do that, or I can't do that. So how do you overcome that? Well, you know, it's great to say that you should spend time brainstorming on that, but in reality, you don't have a lot of time to, to do that kind of stuff. And even if you have time, again, there's just a lot of overhead to being a customer success manager, to being a human these days, honestly. So how can we do that? Well, that's what ChatGPT is really good at. So I can say, hey, you know, I'm a CSM in this in a SaaS CRM company. My customer is the VP of sales at, I don't know, somebody in the automotive industry. What would a VP of sales have? What would their concerns be when it comes to meeting their stated goal of adding $100,000 in revenue this quarter or something like that? And you can start asking it questions like that, and it's going to come up with some ideas. Now, is it perfect? No. Is it going to hit on every question or objection that your customer may come up with? No. But I always say it's kind of like training, like preparation, like brainstorming and, and this kind of stuff is like training for a fight. If you're training to avoid, you know, like let's say you're training for a boxing match and you're training to avoid two of the most common punches and you get into your match and they throw, your opponent throws like this third type of punch that you never trained. Because you were training to avoid those other two kinds of punches, the chances that you'll avoid this third punch is a lot better than if you had never trained at all, right? So I say, Look, if you can spend a couple minutes doing some brainstorming with ChatGPT and you have some some ideas of questions that your point of contact might have, 
some objections that they might come up with, some concerns they might have. Even if you get in there and you're not, those exact same things don't come up. You still had some ideas going into it. And you're probably going to be in a much better place to be able to react to whatever your customer throws at you or punches you with. And I think if we can just take, I think that's a place where ChatGPT or any of these generative AI platforms, but again, ChatGPT is really what we're dealing with right now. I think that's a place that it can really, really help us. So brainstorming research also, you know, if you're dealing with a customer in a new market, you know, ChatGPT is really a language model, not a data source. So we have to be careful there, but this is why I like Bing chat. Because so I can't believe, you know, I ever thought Bing would be relevant, but here we are, right? I really like it because it's live web results, but it's you're able to interact with it, you know, through a chat interface and it, it kind of gives you the results and summarizes things in a human readable format. You could research, I have a customer in this country. What are some of the social norms that I need to be aware of? You know, I know it's a rash generalization, but could are there things that I just need to be aware of that you know, I, I want to make sure of when I go into this meeting, just things like that, that can help you that we don't usually have time to go do that kind of research on our own, certainly. But the brainstorming, that's something that everybody knows they need to do, but it's just, that's one that gets skipped over a lot. And now we can do that. Yeah, that's really good insight on, on the brainstorming in particular. And it seems like those are the kind of things that a customer or a CSM, customer success manager, could be burned out on, right? When they have so much going on, burnout is certainly a real thing. And this, you know, you've got a lot of pressure to perform on it from a sales, but it's a more involved, I think it's a unique sales process to build the relationship, but also be aware of, of you know, walking through a, a sales process in order to keep that customer and keep them engaged. I think there was a report recently, Custify brought out that 83% of customer success teams have experienced burnout. So obviously this is an issue here in customer success teams. Again, how do you see AI? I mean, maybe you just already kind of identified some of those ways, like by giving these teams tools to help eliminate some of the repetitive practices or things that they need to do, but also help just lift the burden on them a little bit. What are you seeing in that regard? And, and what are your thoughts there? When we talk about like what the CSM can do sort of on their own, you know, through ChatGPT, for example, that's what we were talking about there. But there's also just what systems can be provided to them, what can sort of customer success operations, you know, or just whomever handles operations within the company. But bigger companies usually have somebody that handles the operations of customer success, also an enablement group. Enablement sort of will create the materials, the content that customer success managers use. All of those things will help sort of add some scale and allow customer success managers to just you know do more of their work and do it better and more efficiently. But where I see AI sort of at a at an operations standpoint, first of all, enablement standpoint, creating the content that CSMs will use more efficiently, which means then that content is actually going to get pushed out and used by the customer success managers. Whereas a lot of times a bottleneck. And, and again, this is burnout is happening across the customer success management team. Usually enablement teams are, you know, one or two people, even in big companies. So they're trying to crank out a lot of content, crank out a lot of email templates and things and, and snippets for their for the CSMs to use. So this allows them to be more efficient, which then allows them to create more things that the CSMs can use, you know, in a timely fashion. So that's that. And then from an operation standpoint, a system standpoint. The CSM tools that are out there, the customer success management tools that are out there, and the space is, is constantly evolving and some really interesting things. You know, For the longest time, it was sort of just an add-on to a customer relationship management tool. 
And so you kind of stacked on a customer success management tool, which allowed for sort of, you could have trends, you could kind of look and see how a customer was progressing over time versus a CRM, which was really just, you know, a customer record that once it was up, you didn't really have any history. CSM tools sort of added some history there, started adding in health scores and things like that. But what you see now is being able to actually automate a lot of the engagement by looking at what the customers are actually doing and creating messages based off of that that activity, that sort of triggering messages or triggering calls to action for a CSM to do something with a customer to engage them, that's been there for a long time. But now you can take it a step further and actually create the, you know, generate the messages, take the structured content, put it into a prompt, send that to GPT, to OpenAI behind the scenes, and basically present the CSM with an email ready to send that they could just modify. That kind of integration is already happening. And then, you know, look, AI is a lot more than just generative stuff. You know, we're talking about ChatGPT. So there's a lot of really interesting things that are happening behind the scenes, everything from transcription, like we're recording this on Zoom. I have an AI assistant that's on here too. It's going to transcribe this meeting. If we had takeaways, it's going to, you know, basically give me a list of the key points of this meeting that I would be able to then use to follow up with my customer. We see things like Gong using AI to, you know, Gong is a, a tool that is used by salespeople or like or was primarily a sales to analyze sales calls but customer success management teams use it to analyze calls with customers and look for you know whether or not the CSM is being passive whether they're being you know more assertive whether they are you know talking too much or talking too little all of those things right and then that those kinds of tools are out there and then just being able to interpret data and, and look for patterns and things like that so I think there's a lot of there's a massive opportunity for AI from a system standpoint and all of that will sort of bubble up to making the CSM just more efficient in ensuring that they're working their customer through whatever process is necessary to get them to take the actions that they need to, to be successful. But the stuff we're seeing right now on the ground with the CSMs, a lot of it's really kind of around just the generative AI and you know mostly the tech stuff. I'm not seeing a lot of you know image, you know, Dolly and stuff being used, but it's mostly the text, the generative AI around text. But you know, I don't know where we're going to be. I don't predict the future. I learned that I can't do that. But the next few years are going to be really interesting in this space for sure. And I think uh, just in general in, in AI and the world, but in customer success, we're going to see a lot of really interesting things happen. I think you're absolutely right. And there's the this idea too of like, how does AI make the interactions more human, help customer success teams, help people be more human? I mean, I think that's really key because what customers, what we we all as consumers don't want is to interact with a robot. We value the human interaction, which is why people will oftentimes go to a phone call and want to talk to somebody. Obviously, the better the AI becomes, the easier it'll be to replace that human. But there's something about being human that's the critical piece here. So how do you see the tools out there really helping, really integrating the human experience in for customer success professionals? I mean, look, I'm able to take a couple of minutes and brainstorm some ideas going into a meeting. If I'm able to do a little bit of research and think about some of the, the things that might be unique to my customer's market, like, you know, it's a mark, it's a customer in a market that I don't normally work with. And I can take a few minutes to do that research and then brainstorm some ideas. And I get on that call with them and I show them that I took the time to prepare and to think about them, even if I'm off base, even if what ChatGPT told me was wrong, you know, you don't want to come and pretend like you're an expert in their industry. But if you say, hey, I was doing some research, you know, before our call and here's what I think, you know, can you verify that for me? They're going to be like, oh my gosh, I don't think, and I've seen some people say this, you know, we don't want to use AI because it's going to 
replace the human connection. And I'm like, look, I'm not saying that some people aren't using it that way. And again, I don't know where we'll be in a few years, but this is not about replacing the humanity and the human engagement. This is about ensuring that it's actually happening. Because I'll tell you right now, without these tools, CSMs, just because they're overworked and they're they're stretched thin, the stuff that they are sending, the emails they're sending, the meetings that they're having, they sound robotic. I mean, tell people all the time, like we have to fix that email because it sounds like a robot. And what happens when you don't have time to do these things, when you can't be present, when you can't have empathy, is you end up sounding like a robot. So we need these tools to give us where we can't buy more time, we need to buy some efficiency so that we can, but not just for efficiency's sake, so we can actually try to inject some humanity into this engagement that we're having with our customers. So this is not about replacing human interaction with robots. It's not about you know getting away from humanity and, and avoiding empathy or anything like that. It's about how can we really do that at scale? Because right now we're trying to do things at scale and we're losing some of that, that human engagement. So I see these tools, at least for now, as helping that. But again, you have to look at it that way because you could also take these things and crank out a lot of content. That sounds like a robot wrote it. And if you don't care, then you don't care. But that's not AI. That's not anything except like, that's just how humans sometimes behave. And you know, people abuse technology and have abused technology forever. So it's not abused and just misused, right? So I don't think if your intentions are to maintain that humanity and, and maintain that human engagement, then whatever tool you're using, you're going to be moving in the right direction. It's when you lose that intention. And sometimes when we're so busy and we're pulling in lots of different directions, we can lose that intention, which goes back to, again, some of our the emails that we're sending right now sound like robots wrote them because we've lost that intention, not intentionally, <laughs> but because of the circumstances. And so I think a lot of this stuff, we can buy some time buy some efficiency to get that humanity back into the engagement. You know, as, as leaders think about how do they take care of their people? I mean, this is one way, right? To We need healthy, engaged humans on our team to take care of our customers. And by providing them tools that support them and make them more efficient and protect their time, then, you know, that's what they're doing, right? Yeah. And I mean, a little bit of that is outside the scope of a discussion of just AI. I mean, you know, in customer success, and I train a lot of heads of customer success, so directors and VPs, and we talk a lot about leadership. And, and leadership is creating an environment where your team can truly thrive. And so if you have a team as a head of customer success, where back-to-back meetings, few breaks, those kinds of things, where that's almost a badge of honor, you're the problem. It's not the CSM. <laughs> and that's a harsh truth that they have that conversation with people from time to time. It's just like, you have the potential. And if they say, but I'm just the head of customer success, my executives aren't giving me the resources to create an environment where my CSMs can thrive. Then I say, who are you here to really, you know, what are you doing here? And part of what you're doing here is to advocate for your team and make sure that you have those resources. So that's a bigger discussion, but a lot of this can be solved at least to a certain extent by having by heads of customer success taking deeper look at what's really going on and at the very least advocating for their teams to so that they have the resources so that they're not spread so thin so they're not so overworked and so burned out. So when you said, you know, what 83% of customer success organizations have experienced burnout, that's horrible. That is not something to be proud of. I don't know that anybody's proud of that, but I don't know that anybody is taking that as seriously as they should. Right. And so 
again, from a CSM perspective, I always tell the CSMs that I train, that I work with, whoever will listen to me, like you have to control your narrative. You can't just be at the mercy of, of your circumstances. You can't just be a victim, you know? So like if you're working in an environment where you're not getting the resources and, and you have the ability to use ChatGPT and it buys you some time and it gives you some scale, then do that. But you also have to be realistic about, you know, the environment that you're in. And if, if you're not being provided with the the space to be a human, in your job so that you can connect at a human level with your customers and also just, you know, not be so burned out. Like there are other companies out there to maybe go look at working for. There are leaders out there that get it and have better environments where you can really thrive. But, you know, you can't just only be that sort of victim circumstance. You need to, to the extent possible, control your narrative there. But really heads of customer success need to figure out what it's going to take for their CSMs, for their teams, whatever that, whatever the makeup is, CSMs, onboarding specialists, ops and enablement to make sure that they're all set up to succeed. One thing you hear a lot is like, it's not just customer success, it's internal success as well. We can't be just about customer success and set everybody up internally to fail. At the very least, that's going to come out in less customer success. So even if you're just, if you're only focused on your NRR KPI, you know, net revenue retention, burning out your team is going to result in a lowered NRR. I can guarantee it. So like, take care of your people, set them up to succeed. And shocker, you'll probably end up with a higher NRR. It's just amazing how that works. So Lincoln, uh, really good insight today. Uh, appreciate the conversation we've had. We're kind of nearing the end of our time. Is, is there anything kind of big picture or specifics even that you feel would be valuable to communicate to our audience today? Man, just, you know, AI is a really interesting technology. These tools are like ChatGPT are are super powerful and really interesting, but you know they're tools, and I would encourage you if you're kind of skeptical of them or, or even kind of fearful of them. I'm not saying that in five years AI doesn't take over the world, but I try to be kind. So when I run prompts, I always say please and thank you. But look, I mean, take advantage of the tools that are out there to help you better engage with your customers, and you know, hopefully give yourself a little bit of space, buy yourself some time to to be able to do these things. So take advantage of those tools that are out there. If you don't, and if you're sort of actively hiding from them, as I've seen some people unfortunately do, I just worry that, you know, the adage, I don't know if it's an old adage now, but the one of, you know, AI isn't going to take your job, but somebody who knows how to use it very well could come true. And so don't write this tool off just because it, you know, you don't quite understand it. Look, I'm not an AI expert. I don't really understand how it works under the hood, but the cool thing is you don't have to. You don't have to be an expert. And so, yeah, I would just, you know, take advantage of the tools that are out there and remember that this is not replacing the humanity in our relationships with our customers. This is giving you leverage so that you can make sure to inject that humanity back into those relationships where it might've actually been lost. Great. So one last question I like to ask my guests here as you specifically talked about the experience, you had the goal and then the experience that the the customer has. So I think experience is really important. Experiences are what create memories. Memories uh, have an impact on our how we interact with people or our past. And so I just want to ask you, so if you were to create a life experience for yourself or your family, without regard kind of for cost, this could be big or it could just be very you know small as well, but what would that life experience look like? Again, thinking that, you know, remembering that memories are something 
we will always have, whereas material things, they come and go, right? So experience, I do think so important. And is there an experience you would create for yourself or your family that would create memories? Wow. It's a softball, but it might throw you for a loop, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's a really big, it seems pretty straightforward until you start thinking about it. And certainly the the more life experience that I've had, the more I've come to appreciate just sort of being present. So, you know, to me, a life experience that would be amazing would be to really take an actual vacation and like just spend time with my wife and not have to think about anything else, just truly be present. And, you know, I'm a human, so probably not being present, you know, the entire time, but really like take some time, go to the beach or something and just truly be present. Cause even when I do that, you know, I know that I'm thinking about other stuff and I think that would be cool. It would be something that I remember. And I think being present, she would notice that as well. Yeah. That's an interesting question. I don't know if that's a softball. That's a. Yes. Right. <laughs> Seems like it might be, but I think it kind of comes in as a curve. Maybe. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, great answer. Appreciate your time today. This was a great conversation. Love the insight again, Lincoln Murphy, my guest here today and uh, appreciate the time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Cheers. Practical AI, the capacity for good is brought to you by Capacity, an automated help desk, knowledge base and customer experience platform. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts or anywhere else podcasts are found and click follow so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And if you would like to improve your customer experience and internal operations, head over to capacity.com and get started for free. On behalf of the whole team, thanks for listening.